everyone, and welcome to Friday, May 19th. It's my birthday edition of On Iowa Politics. On the podcast this week, the showdown that wasn't and what it means for the Republican presidential nomination and the growing roster for Joni Ernst's Roast and Ride fundraiser. Hello, everyone. I'm the birthday boy, Aaron Murphy. I'm the Des Moines Bureau Chief for the Gazette in Cedar Rapids. With me this week are Gazette Deputy Bureau Chief Tom Barton. Hello, Tom. Happy birthday, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you. Because uh, uh, lead Des Moines Bureau Chief Caleb McCullough is here. Hello, Caleb. Good afternoon, Aaron, and a very happy birthday for me as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, finally, we have Jared McNutt of the Sioux City Journal here. Hello, Jared. Happy birthday, uh, Aaron. Um, can you find the wolves in this podcast? Uh, I don't know that one. Tom got the reference. I don't know that one. Okay, I'm going to have to look that up afterwards. All right. Do we need, do we need a short explanation, Jared? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. That is from the uh, new uh, the trailer for it dropped this week, the new Martin Scorsese movie, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, I missed that. I got mm-hmm. need to go check it out. Totally missed that. All right. Good to know. Uh, all right. So first up this week, uh, let's dive into last weekend's events, or, or again, lack of events, on the caucus, caucus campaign trail. Uh, as we noted on last week's podcast, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, the presumed and polling leaders for the Republican Party's presidential nomination, were both scheduled to be in Iowa last Saturday, DeSantis in Sioux Center and Cedar Rapids, and Trump in Des Moines. That in-state head-to-head matchup for Republican Iowa caucus goers' souls never materialized, though as the Trump campaign canceled his outdoor rally due to the threat of severe weather in the Des Moines area. DeSantis, on the other hand, had a full day in Iowa, uh, even adding an unannounced pop-in Saturday night uh, at a downtown Des Moines restaurant, not terribly far from where Trump's rally would have been. Uh, So let's go around the horn here, because uh, everyone uh, on the podcast uh, was out uh, on the ground covering uh, last Saturday's events, and again, on events. Um, and we'll go in chronological order from that day. So, Jared, you covered DeSantis's appearance Saturday morning at uh, Western Iowa Congressman Randy Feenstra's annual fundraiser. And that's an event that's drawn some big Republican names in the past as well. Um, how did Governor DeSantis do and, and how, uh, even more importantly, was he received by the crowd there? So, yeah, he was the uh, keynote for the third annual um, Feenstra Family Picnic. Uh, he followed uh, Governor Reynolds, uh, Lieutenant Governor uh, Adam Gregg, uh, Joni Ernst, and then uh, Randy Feenstra himself. And um, it was pretty clearly a, a stump speech from uh, DeSantis. He uh, he talked about the 2024 election and that uh, Republicans have to, quote unquote, um, reject the culture of losing uh, that's affected the party. Um, he said he looks forward to the battles ahead. And then he's only begun to fight. Um, I, I wonder what fight that might be. Um, and at the end of the event, even after he left the podium, uh, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen played at one point, which, again, is not not especially subtle about, uh, you know, <laughs> intentions. Um, he, uh, you know, he ran through a lot of the bills that he signed as governor in Florida um, upping penalties for people who deal fentanyl, which is something familiar to people in Iowa. Um, he talked about uh, battling Disney, 
um, over its relatively modest support of uh, LGBTQ people. Uh, he talked about uh, signing a tort reform bill, again, familiar to folks in Iowa this year. Um, and he also talked about, quote unquote, not doing the, the pronoun stuff, which sounding like a broken record at this point is uh, something that also happened in Iowa in the form of, you know, school districts now uh, having to notify parents if a student wants to go by a different name or pronoun. Um, so, yeah, he drew parallels a, a number of times between uh, Florida and Iowa and, you know, talked about the, the idea of competition between states like Florida and Iowa. And that's something Reynolds acknowledged, too, in, in her speech when she said, uh, when governors are competing, Americans win. Um, one of the biggest applauses that he got, uh, he talked for about close to 40 minutes. And one of the bigger applauses he got, at least from the people that were sitting around me, um, was when he talked about uh, immigration and he said he would shut the border down if he could, which again, you'd only have that power if you were president, um, theoretically. Uh, and so, you know, there's another hint there about intentions. He said he would shut the border down if he could. And that um, that got a lot of folks clapping and one attendee yelled, hell yeah, and eliminate the problem. Uh, so that guy was uh, very much fired up uh, by that. Um, and um, what, what I was kind of struck by was, you know, even though the substance of the event wasn't that much different from when I covered Trump in Sioux City in November, the style was obviously a lot different. Uh, the Trump events, as we've talked about, are clearly fashioned like uh, comedy sets or even actual concerts where the audience is getting involved and Trump is trying out different, uh, you know, bits and whatnot. The, the DeSantis event, like I said, was very much a stump speech and one that was very much for the choir more than for the uninitiated. Like he talked about DEI and ESG and, and things that like even people that might be died in the wool Republicans don't necessarily know about if they're not, you know, watching cable news all day long or on like, you know, Rumble or, you know, Truth Social or whatever. They, they don't necessarily know what those things are. The, the people I talked to at the event talked about the economy and, you know, family, broader kind of stuff um, like that. So I I do wonder in the future when he's running for president, how those sorts of things will be received at other events for people who are even less like affiliated one way or another. And I, I also kind of thought more about that, talking to people about the candidates they preferred um, one woman from Ames said she was leaning Trump uh, because she had because Trump had the track record. Um, another one said that they hadn't made up their mind between Trump and DeSantis, but they were concerned about some of Trump's recent uh, legal woes. Um, the, the most resolute that I talked to by far was a guy from uh, Greene County who flat out said he was supporting DeSantis in part because he didn't think Trump could win uh, in 2024. That was definitely the strongest I heard from from anyone that I uh, that I talked to, and then uh, tying a bow on everything. If you're if you're wondering, uh, DeSantis uh, he did flip burgers and pork chops with uh, Reynolds and uh, Randy Feenstra afterward, and that's when he just um, very casually mentioned uh, the Supreme Court decision about California pork uh, mm -hmm. laws. Uh, so that that wasn't rehearsed or staged uh, in the least bit whatsoever. It was very very organic. <laughs> Um, that's, uh, I'm curious, Jared, obviously he, I'm sure he didn't 
mentioned Donald Trump by name. Were there any no. moments in his, his in marks where you got the sense that he was at least trying to draw, you know, a, a comparison with the acknowledgement that clearly this is the guy I'll ultimately be up against. So here's why I'm a better option. I would be a better option than this guy. Did, were there any kind of, you know, yeah, the, thinly veiled the, allusions to that kind of thing? The, the the two biggest ones were the, like I said, the rejecting the, the culture of losing thing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. pretty hard to uh, interpret that as anything other than talking about um, Trump. And then you also kind of talked about the idea of like, people caring more about their their brands and, and that kind of thing, um, which also I don't know who else that would be aimed at more than uh, <laughs> Trump. But the thing I still don't understand how it's going to work with the rejecting culture of losing that's affected the party is that there are a number of people that are that are Trump supporters who don't think that at least in 2020 that there was actually a loss. So right. I don't know how you say we've had all these losses, but also the election was stolen unfairly in 2020 by the Democrats. That seems a really almost impossible kind of uh, line to to walk down the middle of. I'll also note um, in a New York Times story yesterday, uh, DeSantis was a little more forthcoming with donors on a call um, that uh, it seems like the New York Times listened to. Uh, he essentially made the case to a group of donors that um, there's essentially three people who are credible uh, in the general 2024 election um, himself, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And he said he thinks that the two, the only two people that can win would be Joe Biden or himself, uh, essentially saying that um, if it's Trump versus Biden, Biden's going to win. But he thinks that he can beat uh, that he's the guy to beat Biden. And, and that does seem like the uh, the argument that um, maybe I'd I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if that's the argument he kind of runs with once he really gets into the race. Yeah, the whole electability thing. I, I've been which, wondering how much he'll lean into that. Yeah, which which worked obviously for Biden in twenty twenty. That was a big part of his, at least in the primary. That was a big part of his whole pitch to people. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so if the day continued, Caleb, you and I uh, were both at the Trump rally that never materialized. Uh, I think maybe just earlier this morning, you finally dried out, Caleb, after uh, your walk through that early afternoon downpour last Saturday. Oh, man. Um, We both managed to talk to some early arriving Trump supporters before they left the rally grounds. Uh, Caleb, what was the sort of general mood of the the folks you spoke to? uh, And this was after it had been announced that the event was canceled. Yeah, so real on Iowa politics heads uh, may remember that during the state fair, uh, I covered a visit from Mike Pence, uh, where I also got soaked and caught in the rain, along with all the other reporters. Um, so this just may be a curse for me in the 2024 caucuses. So we'll see. I'll, I'll do my rainy versus dry count at the end of the session. Caleb um, is the, yeah. uh, the, the rainmaker. Yes. <laughs> Well, just wherever I go, it follows. Um, but the mood was generally, you know, just kind of uh, defeated. What can you do kind of thing? I don't think any, but most people were not, uh, you know, personally upset with Donald Trump. Um, they said, you know, I'm disappointed, but there's nothing you can do about the weather. Um, one group said they were glad that at least the vendors were there, you know, selling the Trump merch. And so they were excited about that. Um, a lot of them were, you know, pretty much everybody that I talked to that was there 
was still pretty much all in for Trump in the primary slash caucus. Um, they uh, were not interested in voting for anybody else, Ron DeSantis, for example. Um, and th there were a couple deeper, um, possibly conspiracy theories being thrown around. Uh, one gentleman I talked to said that he's been involved in storm monitoring for a very long time, and he did not think that there was any reason to cancel the event, and that it raises some suspicion about what the real reason might be. Um, and then also per Perry Johnson, a Michigan businessman uh, who's been kind of setting up events nearby bigger candidates, uh, presidential events. He had, had a little uh, set up at the rally near the rally. And I saw on Twitter that um, he thought it was because the crowd size was not big enough. Uh, that's why it was canceled. And, you know, to be clear, like other election related conspiracy theories, there's no reason to believe that, that that's true. There really was a tornado watch, uh, but it was certainly, you know, a sentiment among a couple of people. Yeah. Um, I hesitate to even say it because I don't want to give credence to it, but the, the, the larger conspiracy out there working against the Trump campaign is that uh, they, they canceled it because the they feared they weren't going to have enough attendance and it was going to be a bad look for them that they had bad RSVP and attendance numbers. And so the weather, the forecast gave them an excuse. I don't know if I buy that. Um, I, I, you know, and there's obviously no way to really confirm or, or reject that because the campaign is never going to give you those numbers. Uh, but, but look, the fact Caleb's right. The facts are this, that, that there was, Look, it never materialized. It, we never got the severe weather that was in the forecast, but it very much was in the forecast and had been. I remember talking about it in the days leading up to, including right up to the night before um, the event, we were talking about what happens if if this severe weather rolls through, like they're saying. So so that forecast was very much out there, and, and it's absolutely – it's not at all a stretch to believe that, that they had been given a, a, a very threatening forecast. and you've got thousands of people standing aside. And if, if that weather hits uh, that you want to talk about a bad look, that's a lot worse look than, a, than having a, a somewhat light uh, a crowd for a campaign rally. Well, and it's also a, a worse look. What's a worse look than having like maybe not the turnout you wanted is basically how Saturday did play out. So I have a hard time thinking that it was canceled right. because of the fears of attendance. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point too. Like, it, it, you, yeah, yep, um, and and we'll get to that uh, yep. in a little bit. Uh, but uh, but so let's let's finish the day. Um, uh, Tom, you covered DeSantis later that night in Cedar Rapids. I'll, I'll kind of pose the same question I, I, I sent to Jared. How, how did the governor do there, and how he was he received in Eastern Iowa? Yeah, I mean, um, his reception in eastern Iowa wasn't all that different from his reception in western Iowa and um, his performance at the Iowa GOP fundraiser here in Cedar Rapids, um, you know, was was pretty similar to what um, Jared described. You know, he burnished his reputation as a conservative governor willing to push uh, for conservative policies and em embrace kind of a conservative culture uh, fights. You know, he he talked about um, taking on a political fight with um, uh, Walt Disney um, and uh, talked about, um, you know, um, kind of being at the forefront among um, Republican governors in the country, pushing back against, um, you know, mask and vaccine mandates and, and COVID-19 restrictions. Um, and, you know, talked about, um, 
his efforts or, or efforts in Florida to, um, you know, ban the teaching of sexual orientation and gender identity in grades um, K through three um, and, and pushing back on um, uh, his state's colleges, um, promoting, supporting, or maintaining um, programs or campus activities on diversity, equity, and inclusion and, and critical race theories, uh, excuse me, critical race theory, all things that we've seen um, this legislative session and in last legislative session here in Iowa, you know, um, issues that are um, really popular among um, Iowa's uh, conservatives and, and Iowa Republicans. Um, and so, you know, um, a, a lot of that he received um, applause for. Um, uh, I think Jared may have mentioned this, um, if not on the pad past, you know, definitely in, in his story that he wrote out of um, Randy Fiennes for his fundraiser, where DeSantis drew a lot of parallels between Iowa and Florida, you know, talking about how, um, you know, uh, he, he said when he thinks, uh, I, I think both Florida and Iowa and, and what we've been able to accomplish should give people around this country a little bit of hope, um, uh, DeSantis said, which which drew a lot of um, applause. You know, he talked about people referring to Iowa as the Florida of the Midwest um, and said that um, maybe um, it's just that Florida is the Iowa of the Southeast, um, people people really liked that line. Um, you know that drew large applause. Um, he also, you know, sprinkled his remarks with some subtle indirect jabs at Trump. Um, you know, he talked about um, if 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 we make this election about a referendum on President Joe Biden and what he deemed to be his failed policies. And if we provide a positive alternative um, to, to take America in a new direction, then um, according to DeSantis, he thinks Republicans will win across the board. If the election is about anything else, if it's about distractions, side issues, all these other things, um, if we allow Biden to just, um, as he put it, sit in his basement again and not have to be held accountable, um, then I think uh, Democrats, he said, are likely to seize um, uh, that, that power that uh, he argues that, that they would um, abuse. Um, as we know, Trump is embroiled in several legal battles, hasn't been indicted on campaign finance violations and found civilly, civil, civilly liable for um, the sexual abuse of, of author and journalist Eugene Carroll. Um, and then during an interview style discussion with Iowa GOP Chairman Jeff Kaufman, um, DeSantis was asked where he gets his um, determination to stand up to being, quote, piled on with criticism, end quote. And, and DeSantis responded by saying, uh, quote, you know, so you can call me any name you want. You can try and run any hit piece that you want. I'm not backing down because of any of that. Um, and, you know, Trump has repeatedly for, referred to DeSantis as uh, DeSanctimonious, uh, a nickname he's coined as he's taken shots at um, the Florida governor in anticipation of a, a possible 2024 challenge. Speaking of that, I saw the new one fresh in my inbox is Ron DeSales tax. That's the, the latest. Uh... <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I had not seen that. Um, <laughs> But I mean, um, similar to to the people that Jared talked to out in um, Sioux Center, you know, I talked to um, a, a number of Republican voters in Cedar Rapids, um, including those who caucused for Trump in 2016, said that they won't do it again. 
you know, they said, um, I, I agree with, with the message, but I don't like the messenger. Um, you know, I talked to, to one uh, voter who said that um, he feels that Trump can't keep his mouth shut um, and disagrees with him attacking uh, his opponents and giving them nicknames, calling it childish. Um, so, you know, again, as we've heard from 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 a lot of people, you know, in in DeSantis, you know, they see someone who's willing to champion that America first agenda that um, Trump put out. Um, but someone they see as, um, uh, I, I guess, <laughs> being maybe um less abrasive uh than than trump and um someone who um would fare better in um a general election um i talked to uh one voter who um specifically mentioned that um in um his kind of landslide re-election victory um that uh DeSantis won Miami-Dade County a former democratic stronghold by um 11 points in um 2022 yeah again i i think it's going to be interesting to see how much this especially once he's official which uh, to be clear he's not quite yet um how much DeSantis leads into that uh, electability um argument uh, looking ahead to the general election um so so that's that's the lay of the land that's what all happened on Saturday and obviously um you know Trump's event being canceled kind of robbed Iowa uh, again of that head-to-head -head comparison but from a more practical standpoint I mean that's a big deal for the campaign too those those rallies are the spectacle they are but they're also an opportunity for the campaign to organize and get tons and tons of uh people's information uh, and, and and try and turn those still getting emails from the the sioux city november event still getting there emails. You go. there you go um so so it's a lost opportunity um i'll put this out to the group here um because i'm curious what we think of how big a deal this was how the way everything went down and and again how much of a lost opportunity it was for the trump campaign and, and I, I had sort of asked a similar question on last week's podcast going into the weekend i i kind of wondered how how, how big a deal is this day do we know going into it and, and now that question kind of takes a different tone with the trump rally not happening um and i wonder now is is, is that a big deal was this a, a huge missed opportunity that hurt trump and or help DeSantis uh, at this point. Is anybody, I'll, I'll throw it wide open. Anybody having, want to take a first crack at that question? I mean, I think that it certainly helped um, DeSantis. You know, one of the criticisms or knocks against him that we've heard, you know, leading up to um, his visits or his, his most recent visit to Iowa is that, um, in his his prior visit to Iowa and, and in other appearances, um, you know he, um, he he seems kind of flat or um, um, I guess <laughs> low energy, according to to Trump and in some Fox News um, <laughs> uh, uh, people. Um, but you know he just. Um, 
he didn't seem that personable, um, you know, that, that, that relatable. Um, he just seemed standoffish, a little stiff in, in, in those um, previous events and in, in his previous visit to Iowa. Um, but you contrast that to, um, you know, his, um, his appearance in, in, in Sioux uh, Center and his appearance in Cedar Rapids. And, you know, several of the people that I talked to said, you know, we didn't, we didn't see that, you know, he was there with um, his, his wife, um, which I think uh, helps, you know, he, he was more, he was more personal, he was more engaging, you know, he spent more time um, shaking hands, posing for photos, talking to people. Um, he just he just seemed a lot more um, personable and, and a lot more relatable to voters. And so um, certainly, um, you know, that that definitely helped. And, and then, you know, going to that um, barbecue restaurant uh, in Des Moines um, across from where Trump was supposed to have his rally. I, I mean, you know, you you look at the the, the photos and the videos from that um, and how widespread that got circulated on social media. And uh, I mean, it, it definitely hurt or excuse me, definitely helped uh, Governor DeSantis. Yeah, I think it went about as well as it could have for DeSantis. Um, I mean, I think that the, the team was probably uh not very very excited that uh that that rally never turned out um so yeah i, I think that it, it especially with the um seems at least the the news is suggesting that he may be um announcing you know officially his candidacy here within uh by the end of the month um it sets up a kind of groundwork for him to come back uh if he you know and i've seen other reporting that he is um kind of taking the the uh full grassley strategy and, and wants to do a pretty uh intense uh iowa kind of push um so you know it, it sets the groundwork for for him to introduce himself to to voters here um and i think that's kind of that, that would be helpful for his campaign for sure yeah it, it may be not even necessarily about the trump rally not happening um but just more so that DeSantis had a big day here in events literally in the West, East, and then central part of the state. And and I think I, I, Iowa, Iowa caucus goers in general, um, and that this includes Iowa Republicans, are, are sort of interesting in that even when it's a person that they know, like Governor DeSantis, obviously the, the Iowa Republican caucus goers know very well who Ron DeSantis is. Um, when they're thinking about a presidential candidate and the caucuses, they still want to see that person. They want to meet them in person. They don't. The Fox News interviews are great, um, but they want to see them in Iowa. They want to see them on stage. They want to shake their hand and, and look them in the eye. Um, and I think the more of those kinds of trips and the more that the governor DeSantis does that, just as long as he's not, you know, a, a total mess, which there's no indication he has been, um, that's just going to be a general good thing. So, so, so to me, it may not be so much as oh, DeSantis had events and Trump didn't, and that's a big thing for DeSantis. It may just be as simple as DeSantis just had a nice big day with three three events um, that appeared to go well, and he appeared to be well received at. And just the more that he can stack those kind of things on top of each other, the more. Iowa Republicans will become familiar with him in the caucus sense, 
and uh, maybe his support starts to to, to grow that way. Um, uh, you know, the, the Trump rally itself. Yeah, it, 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 what I said earlier is true. It is a missed opportunity to get that voter data, um, but also it's not like Donald Trump is a new uh, thing, and and you know he has his group, you know, already. It, it, they don't have to necessarily expand that reach. That they, they'll certainly try to, I, I would assume, um, but they don't necessarily have to. I, I don't think they they believe so. So it, it's maybe not the biggest deal. In the world, this may be more from an optics standpoint that it had. You know, if, if if that had happened this Saturday, maybe it wouldn't have looked as bad as as it did when it happened on the same day that Governor DeSantis is literally crisscrossing the state. And it's, I mean, it didn't give him any um, media uh, saturation, Probably. so you know, you didn't have yep. uh, our stories with his quotes in it because he wasn't there, and right. uh, you know, TV. Uh, you know, channels showing bits of his speech um, for the next right. few days. So that 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 definitely um, was not ideal for him. Yeah. Um, so and this is this is a national poll, so it's not just specific to Iowa, but um, Trump has actually gone up a full percentage point in the 538 national polling average since everything happened Saturday. Um, I know the the narrative on Twitter in particular seemed to be a variety of DeSantis basically just routed Trump with the two events and the, the stops in Des Moines. And again, those were great days for him, as you were talking about, because he was able to do the retail politics and kind of stuff that it takes to win the state. But at least for now, with the national polling average, that still doesn't seem to be reflected. And I'll be curious whenever there's another Iowa poll of any kind. The most recent one I saw on the 538 website was one from, from National Research, and that was right before uh, last Saturday. So it's not very helpful. Uh, for our purposes. Um, but in that one, Trump was still up by about 16 points. Now, if if that starts to drop, then maybe Saturday did have uh, a, a bigger impact, even than maybe we think. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it's an important point too that you raised there in that margin. That's the other thing, is there's some crowd to make up here. This isn't a you know, a two or three point um deficit that uh, Governor DeSantis and the rest of the field are trying to make up uh here. That they've got a a, a, a tall ladder to climb. Um, so it'll take more days than just Saturday to, <laughs> to upset the apple cart. All right, uh, let's move on and uh, talk about one more thing, but we'll stay on the caucus trail just in non-Trump and DeSantis news. Well, at least so far anyway. Um, Iowa Republican U.S. Senator Joni Ernst's annual Roast and Ride fundraiser is beginning to rack up the presidential candidate commitments. So here's who's in thus far. Uh, for the event, which is June 3rd. Am I remembering that date right, uh, gang? Yeah, got a thumbs up. Perfect. Um, here's who we know is appearing so far. South Carolina U.S. Senator Tim Scott, former Vice President Mike Pence, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, Ohio entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, and conservative talk show host Larry Elder. Um, that, that's a growing and increasingly meeting li meaty list, but it's obviously also looking the top two candidates. Um, we'll hear from anybody else, but Tom, let me uh, start with you on this because uh, you've been tracking these commitments uh, a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, do you think Donald Trump and, or Ron DeSantis will either roast or ride? Uh, and and do they even need to? Is that is is, is this a must event for, for the Republican presidential nominee or can, can some uh, candidate afford to skip this one? Um, 
So uh, your list is even a little bit outdated. Um, Perry Johnson makes six. The Michigan uh, businessman um, that was just announced this morning by um, Senator Ernst. So um, we're we're up to to six now. Um, one shy of the seven um, uh, GOP presidential hopefuls that attended the roasted ride back in um 2015 um which i the very first one i believe the very first one yep the inaugural the inaugural roast and ride um i was there yeah um to your question um is this a must for trump in desantis um probably not for trump um for you know the various reasons that we've already discussed here um for desantis um I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if, if it's a must, um, you know, it certainly, you know, would probably help um, if he were to to be there and, and to show up. But again, I mean, he was just in the state, you know, and we just talked about the reception and um, the bump that he got um, from his most recent appearance. Um so, you know, given the timing, given the, the proximity of those two things to each other, I don't necessarily think it's it's a must for DeSantis at the same time. You know, it, it probably would help him um, if he came. Um, I well, and, and just to jump in, Tom, to add yeah. on that, um, it'll be interesting because if 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 the national reporting that Caleb mentioned is right and he's going to announce soon officially, then you would assume then you that would you assume that. Yeah. would include an Iowa trip, which then makes that turnaround even tighter. I mean, like if that's next week, uh, you know, and then the Rosen ride is the following week. I, I don't, would he come here three times over a four week span? Essentially that, that seems less, well, likely, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, you know, I, I assume, you know, if he announces next week, um, I mean, you would think that the timing would work out because you would think he would then turn around and plan, you know, almost immediate trips to um, those early nominating states, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina. And so you would think the timing would work out for him just to plan his trip to, to um, you know, coincide with the roasted ride. Um, as for whether he will ride, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> Mike I don't, I don't, is going to again, and he's done it before. Yeah. I don't know how many. That's a short list of candidates who have actually ridden. I I, I don't I, know who else has off the top of my head, but it's a very short Scott, list. Scott Scott Walker. Scott did. Walker did. That's right. Scott Walker did. That's the Harley guy from Wisconsin. I, I, I would. I, I really want to see Trump do that. I want to see him hop up on a Harley and just and just ride a hog, man. You know, just throttle throttle that that puppy. You know. I just mixed animals there, but I that's how much I want to see it. I got distracted by my my choice of metaphors and yeah. adverbs and whatever else. Oh, Aaron, oh, Aaron or anybody else, do you know? Did did Pence ride the last time he did the roast and yes. ride? Yeah. Did he? Okay. Yep. yep. And that was when like he just appeared as vice president uh, right. one of the years. I can't remember which year it was, oh, yeah. but I, I I I I that was up in Boone. And I I, mm -hmm. I definitely remember him riding in because obviously that's even more of a spectacle because of the secret service. So, yep. Yep. Anybody else? What, how, how, well, uh, yeah, I, I don't, 
I, I think I'm mostly with you, Tom. I'd be surprised if Donald, now he, Donald Trump has done the, the roast and ride events. He's, he's spoken at it before, um, but it was, and, and uh, I'll fact, my self, fact check myself on this as soon as we're off the air, but I'm going to go for it on the air. If I remember right, I think it was in 2016. So he was the general election candidate by that point. He, he didn't come during the caucus year. He came in 2016 as the Republican nominee running for president. Um, uh, so he has been here before, but I don't know if he would um, come this year. I, I would be surprised. I guess we'll see. Um, DeSantis, I think I agree with you, Tom. He, he probably doesn't have to, but it wouldn't hurt him and seems like it would probably he would stand more to gain by it than than he would to lose. Yeah. Um, but we'll see what the campaign thinks about that calculus. Um can I can I veer off the, the motorcycle uh track just uh just a little bit? Uh, uh take a little left turn here down a side road, please do. Yeah, because yeah. uh timing wise this ended up being terrible for us because we weren't able to talk about it last week was all the uh, legislators that uh, came out in support of uh, DeSantis. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering how big of a deal you guys think that is for like state legislator endorsements for, for a presidential candidate. I'll go first. Is there a number, are we allowed to use numbers less than zero to measure <laughs> how much that impacts? <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, I say that sarcastically, but only, um, you know, only half so because I, I really don't think that, um, you know, it, it's a splash it, it, to a certain degree. It, it maybe turns someone's head and especially if they like their local legislator a lot, uh, uh, maybe. Um, but a know, lot of people can't I, even name their, their local exactly, legislator. Exactly. Know. Exactly. Um, and, you know, it, it, I, I think in these party primaries, that that's not something that ultimately moves the needle. Certainly not in any meaningful way. I, th I think, um, and I don't think I don't know if this, I, I don't think this this does move the needle. But maybe it just shows that whatever the Republican Party establishment in Iowa is, if if there is one, doesn't seem to be really strongly behind Trump. Um, it seems like there's not you know, obviously none of our like kind of major elected players have, have made any endorsements. Um, but that kind of backs up. We haven't seen a candidate, you know, none, none of our senators, Congress people, um, or the governor were scheduled to appear at Donald Trump's rally last week. Um, so it's, it's an interesting, I guess, to see kind of who's, who's backing who there. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, um, I'll be, as interested as anything to see how that plays out with the dynamics during the legislative session next year, right? I mean, you've got uh, two pretty good groups of state house Republicans um, making endorsements of those candidates Does that cause any internal friction. I don't, probably not. And they've all, most of them have been through this before and different Republicans endorse different candidates. I don't think that would be a big deal, but it's, it's interesting. It's, I think, I think that it's, it, it's just, and, and I, I think that's a good by Caleb. It, it does kind of give us an interesting insight into where the Republican Party is and, and certainly, you know, the elected class, which maybe is at least somewhat representative of the, the grassroots, the voting level, um, broader voting level class. And, and clearly there's, uh, you know, um, a, a, a 
plenty of lawmakers in both of those camps. So it it, it does uh, strike me that the the more you know endorsements like this we see or or things along those lines, the more that um, Trump as a candidate, even though he was president for four years can say again that he is the outsider in <laughs> right? the primary. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like the more endorsements from party elites that roll in for the other guy, he can make that argument all over again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. No, it's 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 a it's, it's just such a fascinating dynamic that he's in, in many ways an incumbent and in many ways not still, to your point, the outsider candidate. Uh, uh, it, it's going to be an interesting <laughs> next few months here and uh we'll be out there documenting it all and we'll be talking about it on future editions of on iowa politics but that's it for this episode so if you liked it tell your friends subscribe to us on streaming audio services like itunes spotify and amazon and as a reminder now that you've listened to the on iowa politics podcast make sure you also subscribe to the on iowa politics newsletter where every morning in your inbox you'll receive all the latest politics and government coverage from our team subscribe to that free newsletter at the Gazette's website, thegazette.com. And lastly, don't forget that the work of everyone you heard here today can be found on the pages and websites of the Quad City Times, the Muscatine Journal, the Cedar Rapids Gazette, the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier, Mason City Globe Gazette, Council Bluffs Daily non and the Sioux City Journal. Helper Stout will play us out this week. If you know an Iowa band or musician who should be featured on the podcast, send us a sound file. For Tom Barton, Caleb McCullough, Jared McNett, and our producer, Stephen Colbert. I'm Aaron Murphy. Thank you for listening.
Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.